Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sonoral for Podcast. Uh, I'm Dustin, your host for tonight. Uh, tonight, I figured we were going to go over Havamal number eight and then have a discussion on what nature means to us and how it plays into our religion. Um, first, I want to hope everyone's doing well. I want to thank you all for joining me again. Um, we're going to jump right into this because still got some stuff left to do today I want to do. Um, so for Havamal number eight, happy is he who wins for himself fair fame and kindly words, but uneasy is it that which a man doth own while it lies in another's breast. Now, whenever I read this one, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say a humbler, but it, it puts things in perspective, I think for me. The happy is it he who wins for himself fair fame and kindly words. That's one of the things that we really try to do, um, keep ourselves in the mindset of in this faith, is that we have to win things for ourselves. We do them ourselves to prove ourselves to both the gods and, our, and to us. And it always gives you that sense of satisfaction, of pride when you do it yourself. But, I mean, everyone has that moment where, you see like your neighbor just bought a new car and you're really, you get, you know, get a little bit jealous that he's got that and you have your car. You know, it kind of goes into that, the grass is always greener kind of mentality that people get sometimes. So I like to always read this one if I ever fall into something like that to kind of remind myself, yeah, I may not have that, but everything I have, I earned it myself or that I've done it myself and I've did this. You know what I mean? Some of my at-home projects may not look professional grade, like I spent thousands of dollars on them. But I know inside that I made it. Like, I did it all by myself. And it feels really good about it, regardless of how it looks. And that's how I've always viewed it. Um, if anyone else has a different interpretation of it, please feel free to email me. We can discuss that. Um, as always, I'll leave my email at the end of the episode, in case anyone doesn't have it. But now I'm going to get us to the main event of the evening. This episode may not end up being that long. Um, it just depends on how much I can come up with to bring up. This is one I'd really like to do again as like a as a live feed, but I just don't have that option. So nature, we always talk about you know nature being like the trees, the sun, the stars, plants, the animals within nature. Why is this important to us in our faith? We know outside of our faith that the natural world is responsible for so many things, you know, provides food. You know, half the foods we eat are grown or raised from nature. You know, any kind of meat was raised, any kind of vegetable, fruit, any kind of wheats or barleys, breads are all made from that, which is all grown in nature. Everyone always kind of gets into this mentality of, you know, it's all down at the grocery store. Everyone knows that it's grown, but you don't really consider the fact that this was a plant that was raised from the earth, harvested, and brought to me for nourishment. So obviously we rely heavily on nature for that. Uh, not only that, again, it's another thing people tend not to really think about. All of our houses, you know, typically are made from something in nature. Rocks found in nature, bricks are made from natural components, wood used to frame out the house and everything. It was used for shelter. 
you know, you can use leaves, branches, trunks of trees to get materials to make houses and shelter and something that's going to keep you safe and warm and away from the dangerous weather or any other kind of dangerous predators that might be lurking around. You know, anyone who's done a lot of like freeform camping can tell you this if they ever had to make a shelter on their own. I know when I was a boy, we did like a wilderness survival weekend in Boy Scouts where we basically made our own shelter from trees and branches and everything. And this was kind of like eye-opening, reminding you that this is what our ancestors had to do all the time. You know, they didn't have mobile homes or campers or pre-constructed modulars that they could just roll around, plant, and live out of. They had to find a place, cut down some trees, make a shelter there. They couldn't carry all the wood with them, so they would have to find a place that has access to these resources. And another point on that with our ancestors, and again, something else that a lot of people will learn in like Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, something like that, is navigation. Nature gives us so many free navigational sources that it's almost crazy, like the stars you can always use to find which way you're heading. You can always use them to find north. Um, if anyone's ever seen it, like the moss on the trees or on rocks, they always grow on like the south side of a tree. So right there, just by looking at that, you can figure out which ways to go. Um, everyone always talks about, I think I've seen it lately, like dogs will face a certain direction when they poop. Uh, something to do with the aligning of magnet. I don't know. That, that's some kind of science that I'm unfamiliar with. But I you know, always see people on like Facebook talking about it every now and then. But these are all different things that our ancestors would use. And this was what they needed. They didn't have a compass. You know, they would use the sun and a small little dial to figure out which way they were heading. You know, a lot of times, too, they would have that dial floating in water so that it was suspended equally. It's more like this is all stuff that nature provides for us that we've kind of forgotten about or take for granted. But our ancestors needed these things. They really knew how important it was to appreciate nature. And case in point, if you look at the spiritual side of our faith, you'll see there's a lot of different stories that really talk about how nature is so important if you read over it real well. I mean, think about the fact that the Vanier are typically all thought to be gods and goddesses of a fertility nature aspect. Everyone always sees the word fertility and they think of birth, you know, human conception, something like that. Uh, well, fertility is also used in the natural world for the germination of plants, the spreading of crops, the growing of those crops. That's all involved in fertility. If that fertility wasn't there, crops wouldn't grow. Crops are sexual um, reproducers, just like a lot of mammals. And then another big one, you see a couple different instances of it um, in the creation story. Look at Amir's corpse. Amir's corpse was taken apart and used to make the world. You know, his skull became the sky, bringing the clouds, hair, the grass, and the trees. What that should essentially say to you if you read into it is that the earth is alive. It was an entire being that was born before all of us and before even the gods and the goddesses. So it's important to understand that his life was sat, his life was used essentially to make the earth. 
and everything we do in nature is connecting with his corpse in a way. Um, aside from Amir's corpse being used, uh, Buri, the original god who uh, had the son Bor, who then gave birth to Odin, Vili, and Ve, he was not born. They never said in the stories that, you know, he came from one of the giants or he came from Amir like the rest of the giants did. Buri was literally found in a block of ice that the cow at Umbla had licked him from. This shows, you like, if you look at a lot of different mythologies, every god's born or given from something. Our god was birthed by nature. The first one that led to all the others was literally a piece of nature before he was even a person. And then, fast forward in that story again, and you'll find them talking about Oskanembla. Oskanembla were the two pieces of driftwood, ash and elm respectively, that Odin, Vili, and Ve found on the beach, that they then gave the gifts to and turned them into the first two humans. If that's not a huge important part that we come from nature, I, I don't know what other evidence you can see. We have like, oh, then we have multiple gods and goddesses who are attributed to nature. You know, look at Idun and her golden apples that she only she can grow and harvest. A lot of people would do a lot of sacrifices to a dune for crops or for planting any kind of nourishment. You have Njord, god of the storm and seas. He's a big one that wind always comes in. Wind is what helps carry seeds of plants across the air to find new places to grow so they grow more. Uh, we need rain, obviously. Rain, if you don't get it, look at what happens. Nothing will grow. Everything starts to die out, and you're left with a desolate wasteland. And we have the original one, Yord. Uh, she also goes by many names. The only time you really ever hear about her in a story is that, talking about how she's Thor's mother. But her name and a lot of her other names that you can find out there literally translate to Earth. So it's reasonable to assume that she was essentially a goddess of the Earth if not born of the earth itself. And there's a whole host of other, in the, especially in the Vanir side. But now that we know why nature is important to us, and we know that there's definitely evidence you can take from the sagas and the Eddas to back this up, how can we connect with nature in such a way that becomes almost spiritual? Um, this I've seen a lot of different people have different schools of thoughts on this online. Some say that we have an obligation to become political active or not political. I apologize. Environmental activists as Asa true. Um, I believe someone had a quote of something about we stand on the ashes of what the gods made. Something like that. It, essentially talking about how we talk about how nature is big to us, but we don't do anything about it. I don't think everyone needs to go out and become an environmental activist just because you're a part of this faith. Um, if you do wish to become an environmental activist, that's great. Um, it's definitely something that is a thank thankless kind of field, but we almost need it. Sometimes we need people to give us that reminder about keeping the earth clean, picking up what we left behind. Um, one of the biggest ways I like to connect with nature I have this beautiful, I have a one acre of land out here. 
I love sometimes just sitting out there and staring out over the field. A lot of trees in the backyard. I like to take care of all the plants that are on my plot of land. I also have started a vegetable garden that I feel gives me a little bit more connection with nature. Like not only am I, you know, enjoying it, breathing it and taking it in, I'm also contributing to it, helping grow it. Um, and it's providing back to me as well in the yield of some kind of crops. You know, today I just went out and harvested our lettuce plant because it was starting to get a little wild. So now I've put the time into growing this lettuce and it gave back to me from nature, fresh, not store bought, grown right outside of my yard lettuce. Hiking's another big one that I like to always use. Um, a lot of the areas around me have a lot of county national parks that are, you know, acres upon acres of just forest land and open fields. You know, even though they're of run park and there's buildings on them and playgrounds and everything like that, it's still nature. You're still going out into the woods and hiking through it. And you don't even need to do much more than that. Just hike through. And I like to kind of stop and feel the energy of the forest sometimes. It's a whole different environment than even the suburbs or the rural communities. You know, I can look outside and see other houses and whatnot, but if I go out to the local park and start hiking through it, you're out there and you can hear like how quiet it gets out there. You can hear the branches swaying, the animals of the forest chittering and running about. It really gives you like a sense of connection with the world more so than you get in like a backyard. Um, camping's another big one. I love camping. I'll go and get a tent, get a camper campground for a night or two somewhere every now and then. Even if I just do it by myself, it's just great to get a fire going out there in the middle of the woods. Even if you have other camping plots near you, it's still great to get that refresh. You're away from almost everything artificial, all the artificial light. It really helps reset your circadian rhythm, helps you sleep better than for a while after that. I know there's a lot of people that really like to go out and meditate in the woods as well. I don't do a whole lot of meditation. I just believe that comes from more of a neo-pagan root than a Scandinavian root. But that's something I'm probably going to talk about in another episode before too long. But that's a great place to do it is go out in nature. The further you are, the more you connect with nature. You're connecting with the actual world. You're connecting with Midgard on another level that can give you this kind of increased spiritual depth that I think is really rewarding. Um, another piece of evidence I actually just happened to think of, look at where we do most of our ceremonies. Most of the time when we do a bloat or a sunbell or something like that, we do it outside. You know, you can do it inside if Weather's not permitting. You don't want to build a whole fire for a small prayer. You know, I have my indoor altar with a candle. But a lot of the times when the kindred I belong to gets together, we're outside the whole time, breathing in the fresh air, enjoying the sunlight, the moonlight, the stars, and the fire we have going right down there by the trees. Um, so to recap, nature is important to us. 
it should be important to us. There are multiple different ways we can express our love for nature within our faith. Um, you know, even having pets and whatnot is a connection with nature. But with all that done, uh, I think I'm going to head off for the night here. It's not too late, but I got to go give the little man uh, some special times. So I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. If there's anything you guys want to discuss, as always, I, I welcome it. I hope that some people start emailing me so I can get a small palaver with someone, really give me new ideas for more episodes. I Obviously, I see that people are listening and I love it. Um, next step is getting some people to contact, get a discussion going. I always find that listening to podcasts and reading is a great way to learn. But you can always learn so much more by actually having an open discussion with someone where you both get the chance to express your points and really listen to each other. So if anyone's interested in that, please feel free to email me. Uh, email is sonnerolfer21 at gmail.com. Sonnerolfer spelled just like the title of uh, this podcast. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's episode. I'm hoping to be able to come back again next Monday with another episode for you guys. Um, in the meantime, I hope everyone stays safe out there. I hope everyone enjoys their week, and I hope to talk to you guys again next week. All right, Skull.